Welcome back to the Dressing Room Podcast, the one podcast for actors by actors. Today I have Wesley Johnson in the house. How you feeling? How you feeling? I'm doing good. Nice to be here. Cool. Finally, I get a chance. <laughs> I'm excited. Awesome, awesome. So, what was your start getting into theater? What was it like for you? Um, it started back in high school, and um, you know, just doing these little improv scenes in class and becoming more experimental with some of the class uh, assignments and working with other peers of mine, and we just. We just made something out of nothing, and I, I had a chance to get out of my own skin as a person, first off, and express a lot of different things I would consider weird, just in a in a normal setting, rather mm -hmm. than being in theater. And so I end up going to this thing called um, Texas Thespian, where you you go to this hotel and you get a chance to work on workshops, see professional plays and also audition and do two monologues in front of like many different schools and repertory schools. And that whole experience just opened my eyes and realized, wow, this theater, the idea of theater and the community is so broad that mm -hmm. I can grow, I can learn, and I can connect with others in it all. And I don't know, it's just, that, that itself just made me more, made me as a, as a person more willing to get into acting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, what are what are some good or and or bad experiences that you have in your in, as an actor? You know, on stage, off stage, dealing with other actors, dealing with directors. I guess good experience. Uh, previously, after because I just did the show with um one of your recent uh podcasts, uh, Germani. Yeah. And we did the show called David's Mother. It's been, that was very, that was a good experience because for one, I didn't have any lines, so that was a, a stress, <laughs> that was a stress taken away immediately, <laughs> but um, it was just fun to explore that, that whole character and also that nuance and relationship with another different act, actor that was willing to help me go there and also I helped her get into her character because we were just feeding off of each other mm -hmm. and that, that should be the case for many, um, many performances and shows you're just collaborating and, and accepting and not really saying no to anything that they're giving you just acting natural about it and how we just kind of like came together and made something real on stage i felt it that whole experience felt profound um what was bad about it is that i didn't really get any direction like i was looking for mm. i thought you know um can we name drop if you want to, uh, if you I, want to, it's all it's all up to I, you. I thought maybe my uh, my professor, uh, our professor, Professor Lindsay, was going to like help, uh, help me. I guess try to solidify this character because it was just different. It was a different plane that I was on in terms of how to portray this character in a realistic way. Um, but he never did. He always promised it, but he never mm. he never showed me or gave me a way. On, on getting to this character, so I was like, "Well, he's never going to tell me or how I'm, or or uh, direct me into this." So I just have to find out myself. So a lot of that was trial and error of what's real, what's fake, or would this be offensive if I was to give this character this mm -hmm. uh, blocking or this nuance or whatever the case may be. Um, and I, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a bad experience, but it was a difficult experience. 
Um, yeah. So, like, with being David, like, what would you say would be the hardest thing about being David? Being that you didn't have no lines, but you had to come up with this character on your own. Did you do any research, anything like that? I did a whole lot of research. Um, actually, it started uh, when I was at my last job, where, you know, I was a guidance counselor of children. And, like, for the majority of the time, we just, like, observed in that whole environment, the class and the students, and making sure there's nothing bad happening in that environment. And we did have an autistic kid in that. Mm -hmm. um, and this wasn't my first time having to um, observe and maybe even teach an autistic kid. But at this time, I was hyper-focused on maybe that character, I mean, that not that character, but that student's um, just their personality. I mean, they're just like us. Mm -hmm. They are us. They're just cognitive differences. Um, and I was just paying so much attention to their details and how they go about things and how they, they really feed off routine and, and, and they're focused onto their art and whatever. And I just picked all that up. I did a lot of background research on just the spectrum of autism from the lower end to the higher end. And I, I portrayed David on the lower end of autism. Autism, and he was still able to learn throughout the show, but it just took him a longer time to develop that. Um, and like I said, just trial and error, just going to back and forth to rehearsal and then on, on my own time of what looks right, or even just casually just doing different movements, like, right <laughs> you probably can't pick it up, but that right there is just like, since I started to develop that that uh, that blocking, it starts to linger into my own character. Mm -hmm. So it was really like method acting. Yeah. About it. Um, which wasn't my first time, and it very it won't be my last time because I, I just like the process. I liked how when I, when I first saw you do it, I was like he, he I saw like I was my in my head I was like. He's doing these little things I know he doesn't do in real life. Yeah. He's those little those specific details that I saw on stage, it was like, wow. Who could have came up with that, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that that is I mean, once you get yourself into that, you have to stay in it. Mm -hmm. And that was the uh, another thing is staying in in that uh that headspace because I I can so easily get back into Wesley thinking or being self conscious of Wesley, when I'm on stage, is not Wesley anymore, mm -hmm. and I, I hope, and I pray most actors think that it's not you anymore. It's the character. that character. Yeah. So I'm not judging his character anymore. I'm now becoming his character. So let me not be so self-conscious of what I'm doing as his character and just do it as if I'm Wesley playing mm -hmm. Wesley, hmm. like Dave, like I'm I'm Wesley playing David. David don't know what he's doing. He's just doing it because it, it feels good to him. These are ticks. And he's just trying to concentrate or make sense of what's around him by doing these little hand gestures or, or, or just shaking his head rapidly. So, yeah, that, that part was just staying focused mm -hmm. and concentrated to, to your characters. The difficult part, but eventually I got over that. What was the first play you ever saw? Hmm. The first play I ever saw. Hmm. I think it was like long, a long time ago, and it was like a very big play of Toy Story. Toy Story has a play? Yeah. <laughs> it happened so long ago, I can't even tell you what 
I can't tell you what happened exactly, but it mm. was Toy Story on Ice. Oh. Yeah, it was okay. that, that sort of deal. But I think like a traditional play, first, oh, what, what? Mm. I can't think of the top of my head right now. Okay. Uh, but I, I would say a play that, well, that I can always remember is when I was in Nebraska for the Thespian Festival, which is right after Texas Thespian. Mm -hmm. um, this play called Xanadu. Xanadu. Yeah, which is a, I mean, you may be familiar with it, but it's a musical, and I, I really love the storytelling, the aesthetics of it, the music. Come on, the music. That's, yeah. That is the play. And I don't know what school or what troupe did it, but they... They blew me away, hmm. and and at that time I really didn't like musicals. But I'm like, yo, this is a really good play, and they portrayed it, in my in my uh, opinion, very well. What was the first play you was ever in? Ooh, the first play I was ever in was I would say a cat in the hot tin roof, but it's not that. It's Golden Fleecing. What's that about, brother? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember exactly what it was about, but I can tell you there was something that I had to overcome mm. since it was my first play. Yeah. For one, I was, I had stage fright, mm. as we all, you know, suffered at one point. Um, and I just didn't know how to separate Wesley from whoever my character was at that time in that <laughs> play. Um, and so I had to, like, hug onto this person that I know, that I knew that this person kind of liked me outside of that play. And I was, oh I didn't, I didn't like that at the time. <laughs> I didn't like her. And, and we just had to be sort of intimate on stage. And I just didn't know how to separate it. So I, we did like a, a, a dry, dry tech show before the actual show, the same day, probably about three hours before. And we were going over the whole show, lights and sound and everything. And there was like the underclassmen, they came and seen us. And when it got to that part where I had to like hug her or and say my lines, I did that, but I just froze. Hmm. Um, and I was just so embarrassed. Like I, I got out the moment and I couldn't do it, but I finished and I butchered the line. Hmm. But I continued after I got over that. You could tell from the audience possibly that I broke character. It was evident at that point. But uh, we did it again. But before doing it again, I had an upperclassman that was like, he just gave me some some uh, encouraging words of just like, just committing 100% to it. Uh, no matter what the situation is or whatever you feel within that person you're acting to, mm -hmm. just to uh, separate it, leave it at the door and just, you know, don't embarrass yourself. Just go out there, have fun. And I did, went out there again for the actual show time, and we performed it. Didn't mind getting intimate, but I did again butcher that line. Mm -hmm. I don't remember that line. I think I said it for 2,000 miles away, and that was just extreme. Just saying that whole line. But um, piggybacking off of that, encouraging, just the whole line of having fun. That's what it's all about. That's what we're all here is to have fun with your peers, with yourself, which is the whole nine yards of theater is to have fun. And once you start to have fun, you won't think of it as work anymore. When you think of it at work, you 
you think of it as, oh, not again. We gotta, gotta go again. back. Uh, gotta go back. Here. But yeah. when you think of it as fun, you think of it, oh, I'm, I want to go here. Mm -hmm. I want to get to this headspace. I want to act with my peers. I want to, to uh, I don't know, I just want to be separate from who I am as a person. Mm. And having fun has set me free uh, from a lot of those stress. So, so when did you decide, what moment in your life when you decided you wanted to be an actor professionally? Mm. <laughs> I think, mm, probably about three years ago, doing, because I did Raising in the Sun, and that was an amazing play. Yeah. First, it's a, come on now, it's a historical yeah, play. For exactly. One. Um, but after doing and after doing that play, I realized this is something I want to do. I feel good doing it. After rehearsal, I feel good. After getting even negative critiques, I feel good knowing that I'm growing, not only as an actor, but as a person. Um, because there's so much to pull from. And just just being able to uh, work alongside many great artists like Troy Shugiggins mm -hmm. or August, um, Anthony August, and even Emmanuel Edwards, like they 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 inspire me collectively. What maybe without no noticing, but doing that play, they inspire me because I just, I was looking up to everybody, mm. and knowing like yeah, everyone's taking their craft so so seriously, but yet they're still exploring and having fun with their characters. That's what I want to do, and I could see myself doing that for the rest of my career, mm. which I hope it's long, long, long. Mm. I can tell you right now, I don't know nothing, but I, I know something, and I do know that I, I'm willing to uh, I'm willing to to commit to this this acting craft for the rest of my life. Mm. I know that for a fact. Um. All right. So, who were your inspirations? Just growing up. In yeah. Just in general. Growing up, growing up in the field of theater. Mm. In the field of theater. In the theater. Uh, theater. <laughs> <laughs> um. People that I know, no, people like you, anyone, like anyone, like anyone, anyone you looked up to. Okay. When you was, when you just when you were acting. Off the top, we gotta say Denzel for one. Okay. That's that's no, but like people that really helped me as a person want to know that I like this was like Robin Williams or, or Jim Carrey, mm. uh, or even Marlon Brando. You know, like these are characters. Yeah, they're funny or. Like Mar Marlon Brando, he he's like an, he he display a lot of different archetypes, but specifically, uh, Robin Williams and Jim Carrey, they they know they have a, a huge range. They can be very funny, Ooh. but they also have the range to be very serious. Mm -hmm. But when when you see someone and when you talk to someone that's very funny, you can't really think of them as being someone that's serious. But and I like that they know how to split that in the middle and find that balance between those two and that's kind of something that I inspired to be or inspired to be like was, was those two for sure. Um, let's see, let's see, now I've been watching a lot of uh, Hakeem Phoenix, is that it's how you pronounce it, pronounce it his name? Oh, um... He just played the Joker. The Joker, yeah. yeah That's how you pronounce his name, Hakeem. Uh, I thought it was like Jaquan. Jaquan. Oh, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. But don't... I mean, I may be pronouncing it wrong, but 
we yeah know we know, know yeah about. phoenix joker yes. exactly yeah, exactly but it, he seems like a torture artist but he used that mm-hmm. in his art and it comes off on screen as very powerful and emotional although he may not be intentionally doing that just him as a person he, he's getting there and that inspires me because i'm like yo he's being so vulnerable and people are, are filming him, everyone's on set, everyone's looking at him, and he's just in his, in his zone. And just wanting to stay and get to that zone, it's, for him, is what inspired me. It's, people have, some, some people have just one actor, these couple of actors, I have a multitude of them. And within these multitudes, in every different parts of acting, even with directing, I have favorite directors, and even uh, movie scores, uh, composers but they all add to me getting to a character. Um, I love a good Wes Anderson film. Wes, exactly. Wes you Anderson. know his film right mm-hmm. away because how stylized and how symmetrical it is, yeah. you know that's him. And that's what I want to do with, with my own films because, I mean, I'm an actor, but not only an actor. I'm an inspiring filmmaker and a music composer. Mm. Um, Constantly learning, and so I can get to that point where, oh, you can be like, oh man, I, I do like that that Wesley Johnson um, <laughs> movie, or you know, it, it, and you will recognize it right when it comes on like that, like just how you could do a Martin. Like you don't have to see the beginning parts. You know, you this know, style is yours. Exactly, and I wanted to distinguish that, but believe it or not, Wes, Wes Anderson he gathered his style from someone else. It may not be as and evident that he has, but is he's gotten it, and he 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 uses the found foundation of movie <laughs> filmmaking. Yeah. Um, and so once you get that foundation down, that's when you can just really fly with whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Here's a new movie coming out. I can't wait to see it. Yes. I can't think. Of, I can't think of the name right now. But he has a new movie I know coming out. I'm thinking of Christopher Nolan. It's Tenet. But I know what you're talking about. It's with uh, Timothy. Yeah, I, I I I saw the trailer. I haven't looked at the cast, none of that. But I want to see it now. It's, like it's cold. It is. It's cold. I like how his his films are very detailed. Yes. Like it, like you hear every sound from the birds flying outside to the people walking exactly. on the ground. You know, that's why I I find very interesting about Wes Anderson's films. Yeah. People don't look at that. They think it's like oh it's quirky, it's awkward, but it's like. It's it's to me it's super refreshing. Yeah, because details, it's, details, it's detail. Everything in this film is detail. Mm-hmm. Like just pause on one frame. Like, uh, what's what's a good movie? What, what is your favorite scene? Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> just like the color scheme. The, too. Yes, yes. He doesn't he doesn't just focus. Anyway, <laughs> I can go all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love I love a good Wes Anderson film. Wes Anderson and Quentin Tarantino are my favorite directors. Yes. I like how Quentin Tarantino is very raw and very non-caring, yes. you know, not give a fuck type vibes. And, and, uh, and um, I like, what I like about Wes Anderson is, is you know, it's very detailed and very complicated and very complex mm-hmm. with everything, you know, from the buildings mm-hmm. to the people in the, in the, mm-hmm. in the room. Yes. And like you... He have a sign like in the in the trailer. He was like, "The sign says no crying," and it, it was just focus on the sign, yes. no crying. You know, yeah. I like that. I love everything about that. It, it, I mean, most of his films have hella Easter eggs. And mm-hmm. it, just, it, it helps that story push forward. Even in a trailer, it totally told a lot of information. Yeah. 
Okay, so next question. Can anyone be an actor? Can anyone be an actor? When I say that, when I say it again, I'm just trying to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think people, everyone has the potential to be an actor. Because honestly, I think we're all actors. Mm. And I know that may, that may sound cliche, but we all, we all are actors. It's just that I want to do it for a living. Um, people wake up and they go and do their life and their jobs. In a lot of different cases, they have to um, they have to change who they are. It may not be dramatically, but they they have to change themselves to fit in that situation or in that workplace. And that may not be who they are as a person entirely. Um, so I think people can be anybody can be an actor. It's like how committed do you want to be uh, in terms of becoming an actor? And there are some people who may not want to. I don't know. It's just it's a choice that you have within yourself. And once once you make that decision up, then yeah, you can. Hmm. You know, that's that's really it. I don't. People have the potential. So that's my answer on that. I don't know if I answered that. It's, it's a good answer. I like it. Yeah. All right. So now we got all the the hard questions out of the way. Time for the fun questions. Cool. Okay. So, what is your favorite role out of everything? Uh, every role you've done, what was your what would have to be the, what would have to be your favorite role? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of television, film doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I guess uh, I just I did the short film last semester, last year, um, and I played Perry, and he the platypus. No, no, not but not penis and fur. But it's the show. Uh, I mean, it's this short film called Snipe Hunt, which is going to be out in very, very, very soon. Um, and Perry, he's. He's a Boy Scout, and he's among other Boy Scouts. And he's really the dichotomy of what a Boy Scout should be. Very uh, to the book, by the book, for the book. Um, and he, he cares for his fellow Boy Scout members. He's not the lead of the Boy Scout member, but he is a, a, a focal point of the Boy Scout um, Troop 242. Um, that was the troop number in uh, the film. And I just... I had to become younger. Um, right now, I'm 22, um, but I had to become like what? Not too far young. But I had to be like five years younger than 22, and which is not that far behind. And I was just, it, it, it felt fun. That whole experience felt fun. Being on set, it, it felt very, very, very professional, because it was. And I, I just felt like there was a weight on on my shoulders that I had to fulfill this character as most people would. And I feel like I got it down for the most part and I can um, differ myself from that character to many other uh, abstract characters that I had to play in the uh, past. So I would say that that is my favorite character. Mm-hmm. The next is David, because I love that character. <laughs> All right, favorite musicals and or plays and why? Ooh, do I have a favorite musical? Do I have a favorite? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! You 
put me on the spot. Because <laughs> like, I really don't like have. You don't have to. We don't have to. We don't have to answer that one. That one I have a favorite soundtrack. Okay. Uh, Bill. If Bill Street could talk. Bill. Oh, I love that um, one. That's good. Directed by Barry Jenkins. It was originally supposed to be a play. Did you know that? I did not know that. Of uh, the director, I can't think of his name, but the director of, of Moonlight and of Bill Street Could Talk. Those yeah, were originally supposed Barry to Jenkins. be. Barry Jenkins? Yeah. They were originally supposed to be plays. I heard about the Moonlight. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, I forgot the play, forgive me for me butchering this play. Uh, if some dark boys are purple, something like that. That's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, I did not know that, but I could see that as a, as a play. and. Honestly, if no one does it, I will be the first to do that. <laughs> you know, just getting the rights to do that. Mm -hmm. All right. So, can you give us a monologue? Let me say it. Monologue. Uh, okay, sure. All right. Okay. So, this monologue is McReel by Stephen Velbert, and I'll be playing Darius McReel. nothing as Patrick was shot. I stood there and did nothing. It was the most horrific, ugly moment of my life because I froze there and did nothing. One year to the date of the murder, I woke up and I made three vows to myself that I'll tirelessly improve myself as a human being. That my last act before sleep each night will be a prayer to Patrick Cragen's family and that I'll spend the rest of my life working to ensure those kids like myself and Patrick no longer find themselves in situations like the one we were in that night. And I've kept those vows. And I'll add to them that if elected, I will dedicate each and every ounce of energy towards making the world where I saw the look of Patrick eyes that night. The look of pain. and fear and the horror which no longer existed. Every ounce of my energy, Jerry, that's where I'll be coming from if elected. So until next week, you can call me what you want, but that is my pledge to Patrick's family, to the people of Delaware, and to this nation. Oh, <laughs> almost shed a tear. Come Excuse me. Sorry, right. man. <laughs> all right, all right. We've got that covered. <laughs> I'm 22 years old, and I'm from Dallas, Texas, uh, specifically DeSoto. Just say Dallas because most people don't know. Um, and I've I've done works of A Raisin in the Sun. I've done uh, The Shadow Box, David's Mother. Um, I've I've been an extra on uh, Queen of the South before. That was the first time ever being an extra. It's it's a Netflix series. Mm -hmm. May have been a series on a, a different um, a different broadcast show. Um, what else? What else? Everything don't come to me right off the right off the top. Uh, Cabin on High Tent Roof. Um, and that's just a few. 
uh, and I'm about to graduate in May. This is May 2020. Graduation season. And I'm trying to go to grad school. Now, where? You'll find out next. (laughs) (laughs) On the next time we speak. Um, But yeah, I just want to further my education and continue to grow um, as an artist in general and start directing a play and and continue to write plays. I'm in the process of writing my uh, solo piece called Mirrors. It's about the journey of self-acceptance. And that should be previewed at Texas Southern um, in April. What day? I'm not sure, so I don't want to tell you guys. Um, but yes, the journey of self-acceptance, every day we look in the mirror, we like who we see or we don't. Um, but what we do with that information of liking us, or liking who we are or not liking who we are, is up for us to decide right off the top. And that may be what set our whole day from one way to the other is by accepting who you are wholeheartedly. Um, yeah. That's mm-hmm. just a little biography of, of Wesley right now. Cool, cool, cool. All right. And for the one actor or actress listening to this right now, any words of motivation for him? Um, leave it all on stage. Whatever you do. All the stress. All the hard work. All the the the, the mess. And, and nastiness that the world can be, but also the beautiful parts and, and the beautiful people and beautiful places and experiences you have. Leave that on stage. Leave it on stage. You, can, you leave all that stuff behind that if it's stopping you from getting to your character, but everything, all the angst that you have within you, that grunt, put that on stage and let that be your motivation and driving force. Uh, to making things look, making things real. Both stage, film, commercial, whatever pursuits you wanna do, if you want, even if it's not in theater, just give 100% and have fun. All right, great. Right. Well, thank you for coming. Thank, thank you, you for, for coming. having me. It's, it's been fun. It's yes, been fun. yes, 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 yes.